You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Winner of the Grand Jury Prize at the 2008 Sundance Film Festival, Trouble the Water tells the story of an aspiring rap artist and her streetwise husband trapped in New Orleans by Katrina's deadly floodwaters who survive the storm and then seize a chance for a new beginning. With us today are Tia Lesson and Carl Deal, producers and directors of Trouble the Water, which will screen beginning this Friday, August 22nd, here in Irvine at the Regal West Park 8 and also in Los Angeles at the Lemley Sunset 5. Tia Lesson, Carl Deal, welcome to Film School. Hi, Nathan. Thanks a lot. We're very happy to be here. Oh, very Hello. good. Hi. Uh, the, where, do we, where are we reaching you uh, from... Uh, where, where, is, where are you right now? You know, you've, you've caught us in our studio back in Brooklyn, New York. We just flew in late last night from New Orleans, where um, on Sunday uh, we had a, a premiere of our film locally there. Oh, and, and what was the reaction like? It was just fabulous. Oh. It, was, it, was a, well, it was a very emotional screening. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually screened it uh, at a school that's in the Ninth Ward of New Orleans. And uh, the screening was designed to bring and, and try and lift the work of community groups who are working on the ground on relief and recovery efforts around, around Katrina. And uh, so the room was filled with friends and family oh. of the stars of the film. And we had, uh, you know, like I said, leaders of some of the grassroots organizations, and it was really just a wonderful experience. That's- so Kimberly and Scott were there. Absolutely. All right. Oh, that's good to hear. Were they, were they having a good time? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was... It was it was very emotional for them to you okay. know to share this film with you know with their community. Yeah. Now there's some incredible storm footage taking uh, in in this film by uh, by Kimberly Rivers Robert. Uh, can you tell us how you first came to meet her? You know, you know, like the rest of the country, you know, Carl and I um, were really stunned by the images that that we saw on television in the aftermath of of, of Katrina and and when you know in the days. When the you know when the levees flooded the city, um, we you know I think our, our we, we were horrified, and we wanted to know why the city hadn't been evacuated before the storm, and why it was that 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 help was so late in coming. And so Carl and I, you know, we just headed down to Central Louisiana. We'd seen a story about the um, the return of the Louisiana National Guard who were in Baghdad at the time of the storm, and. They, you know, they were ten thousand miles away when when the hurricane hit their community, and um, and and so were their high water vehicles. And so we thought that this kind of helped explain, you know, why rescue had been so long in coming. And we were curious about what these guardsmen and women would confront when they came home, you know, to to their war zone in their community. It just so happened that we were shooting right next to a Red Cross shelter where, where Kimberly and Scott, the the main subjects and the stars of the film, um, were. And it was complete sort of chance, serendipity, call it what you want. It, it was also Carl's 40th birthday, so there's an element of, you know, wow. fate perhaps in there. Um, but, you know, Kimberly and Scott literally walked in front of our cameras as we were interviewing somebody else, were so eager to share their story, and also they were so eager to, you know, tell us about the footage mm-hmm. that they had shot um, during during the storm. So right away you were aware that they had this 
this incredible footage. Absolutely. Know absolutely. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, the, footage, the footage, we didn't see the footage right away, um, but we, we spent a few days getting to know Kimberly and Scott, and they getting to know us. And, they, they, you know, they told an amazing story. Um, it's a story of 100,000 other people who were stranded in their city. Um, but they, 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 they kind of presented themselves with such warmth and, and, and openness, uh, and they immediately drew us in. Uh, and a few days later, they showed us this home video footage that they'd taken the, the day before and the day of the storm, and it was absolutely stunning. It was like nothing that we'd seen on television. Yes. Everything on television was taken from, from, you know, 100 feet up in the air from the helicopters. Mm. And uh, Kimberly and Scott's footage brings you, um, you know, onto the street as the clouds are gathering, yeah. the shingles fly off the roof, and you see them go up into their attic. It brings you right into the attic. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's, 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 it's one of the things about film and, and filmmakers like yourself where we can watch an event like this on, on television and, as you said, from 100 feet up and have some sort of sense of it but it's sort of a disconnect an emotional disconnection and then and in the coverage in the days after Katrina there seemed to be uh, sort of a softening of, of the real horror that was taking place by by the general news media and and it's sort of a, a wanting to look away Americans didn't want to face this reality which is prevalent all throughout the country of real poverty of abject poverty people living in conditions that we most Americans certainly are unaware of, and this film brings us down into their lives and humanizes them in a way that uh, we never or rarely get um, in in un- any other form except a, a film, a documentary film. So I want to compliment you. And, and I would say, I mean, I'm not sure that Americans weren't ready to hear about it. I think I think the news media was anxious. I mean, at first they they did a really you know good job trying to get some accountability from public officials who'd really had set this crisis off, um, you know, FEMA and the Bush administration and also state and local officials who, you know, hadn't evacuated the city properly. Um, but I, I think, the, you know, Americans were wanted to hear the story. I think the news media was sort of anxious to then start telling the happy stories about their reunions and, you know... And the and, lost and dogs the, that are reunited with their family. Yeah. Yeah. And they were also, you know, unfortunately showing... From the outside looking in, um, you know, typecasting the residents of, of, of the Gulf Coast and of New Orleans in particular as either, you know, completely helpless as victims or, or as criminal looters, you know. And so there was these, sort of these two ways that the media was portraying, you know, people on the ground. And, and, and what we saw in Kimberly and Scott's story was the potential to, to, to tell the story of, of two survivors. They were, they were nobody's victims. Um, they were nobody's criminals. They were, you know, they were people who were, you know, trying to rebuild their lives under great duress. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, both of you didn't come on upon this project uh, as beginners. You've had uh, a lot of experience in the background doing documentary work, uh, with, especially with Michael Moore. Uh, what did you bring from your experience uh, in uh, Bowling for Columbine and uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 to this film? What kind of uh, lessons did you learn? Well, I mean, producing for Michael, I think, taught us to really aggressively think outside the box, you know, that, um, and, to, and to be critical, uh, you know, of the news media, not to just sort of take everything, you know, presented at face value. Um, I, you know, I think Michael is also sort of genius at finding the humor 
in 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 otherwise pretty humorless situations. And and though this the this this film that we made is set against the backdrop of 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 Katrina, there there is humor in there. You know, um, as sort of a unique maybe brand of of New Orleans humor. You know, I think we also have a very strong point of view in this film. It's it's not expressed, you know, in the same kind of way that that Michael expresses his point of view. You know, we're not on camera. You don't hear our voices. Um, well, you hear our voices a couple times, but but our point of view is is very present. We don't really believe in objective, you know, storytelling. This is an emotional story. It's a passionate story, um, and I think that you can discern, you know, our outrage and our, um, you know, and our political perspective. Um, though we're we're telling the story in a very personal way through through the lens of of, of three survivors. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of uh, equipment did you use to in taking of this film? I know that she that uh, Kimberly was just using a small camcorder. Did you uh, go as portable as you could in making this? You know, we were as portable as we could be, and once we got into the disaster zone, we wished we were a little bit more portable, to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, we set out um, shooting Super 16, and uh, so, you know, we had a crew, and, and we were also shooting um, digital video. We were actually shooting on the uh, Panasonic PVX100, uh-huh. and um, so we had two video cameras and a film camera and about six people on our crew, and um, Kimberly shot on a... a used Sony Hyatt camera that she'd bought on the street for 20 bucks With one battery. I mean, she was filming <laughs> during the hurricane. The electricity went out. She had one camera battery. And uh, when that camera battery died, you know, she picked up her, her, her photo camera and, and, and started to shoot, you know, MPEGs. Now, we uh, used about 15 minutes of that footage, you know, in the film, and it's, it's you know, as Carl said earlier, it's just heart-stopping. And it's kind of interesting, though, you know, the, the different textures that we had to work with, because a lot of it looked different. You know, yeah. we brought in, we brought in, um, you know, we used some VHS material, we used Beta, DigiBeta, PAL, you name it, DVD, we had it all mixed together. But there's something about the rawness of the film uh, that we found very appealing. And, and, and we just wanted to build around that footage, that heart-stopping footage that Kimberly and Scott had, had brought in so that we could sort of lift it up. And even though we didn't have a lot of it to use, we wanted to make that kind of the focal of the first part of the film. Now, thinking about the aftermath of Katrina, I remember uh, how quickly, and for good reasons as well as not so good reasons, the, the authorities moved into the areas that were most heavily um, uh, devastated by Katrina. Did you ever have any um, problems getting around? Were there, uh, the, did well, the author- I mean, first of all, it took days. For the, the the National Guard, you know, to come in. Now the Coast Guard were probably the you know among the first on the scene, and there were some incredible you know heroic mm-hmm. um, you know rescues, and, and and we saw many of those you know some of those on on TV. But you know, it took the the, the federal government you know many days before they were really on the ground, mm-hmm. and 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 Kimberly and Scott you know, and their community had to be their own first responders. Um, these guys were left behind. They didn't, have a, they didn't have a way to get out of the city. They had no public transportation. So they and about 100,000 other people with no cars um, and no means of transportation to get out of the city because the city didn't organize it, you know, were left behind. And so they, they found their own way out of the city. Let's just mm. be clear about that. When we came back with them about, you know, two weeks after, after the water had receded and, and after the storm, we were pretty much the only civilians in the city. I mean, there was there was some news media, yeah. um, 
uh, but it was mostly National Guardsmen and, and wild dogs. I recall that there was mass defection within the uh, New Orleans uh, Police Department. You remember, what do you mean Carl? By well, I mean, they, they, uh, hundreds of them just stopped showing up for work. Now, yeah, I mean, some of that's you know, understandable. You know, Kimberly and Scott tell the story of you know of not seeing any police around, um, except as in their on their drive out of town. Um, they saw a number of you know of New Orleans police officers at the Harris Casino, sort of protecting. There, but um, is that really right? They were protecting the casino. I, we can't speak. We didn't see the police. We can't really speak to that. But we can only tell you what what, what Kim and Scott mm-hmm. you know told us. Okay, we're speaking with Tia Lesson and Carl Deal. The film is Trouble the Water. Now, you said before you, you wanted to not be as uh, ever present as say Michael Moore is in his films. Did you ever uh, have anything in this film that was more political and decide to take it out? Because obviously this is this was a travesty for the Bush administration, and it was uh, it, it should be brought up that John McCain played some role in this too in in eating the cake while this was going on. Did you ever feel tempted to make this film more political? Well, I mean, we think it's a very political film, but we you know we we really you know we wanted to make a movie and not not deliver information. I think it's no big surprise to the American public that the Bush administration failed miserably. You know, this is the worst government failure, you know, I think in recent history. And and we all are familiar with, you know, heck of a jog brownie. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and we put, you know, some of that in there. Um, but I think this, the film is political in sort of a different way. It's, it's really about, um, you know, survival and what, it, what, what happens to few individuals when all the government institutions in their lives fail, not, not just during the storm, but before the storm, you know, and then afterwards. Well, well, Carl, you you had the, uh, the the certainly the good fortune to have two very bright personalities. Certainly, Kimberly is uh, one of those kind of people that are you're drawn to, and you want to know more about her story. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So you have that that part of the film. This is what I think Michael Moore's films and yours do uh, as well. Is that uh, you find the people, the humanity in these people, and the bright light within them, and uh, it really. It really can carry a film, and that's what's happened here. Yes, yes. No, I mean, we wanted to, um, you know, to kind of give rise to, to that beautiful voice that we heard and also, you know, kind of uh, allow that voice to give rise to, to the story in the film as well. So, you know, it, was, um, it wasn't so much a matter of getting out of the way of that voice as lifting it up as much as we could because, you know, face it, um, Kimberly Rivers Roberts, you don't see her on the big screen usually. You know, but she's larger than life. This is the summer of superhero movies, right? You got Batman and yeah. Hancock, yeah. and we have Black Cold Medina, which is the MC name for Kimberly Rivers Roberts and her husband Scott. They are larger than life heroes. Uh, now, I also should mention the, the score of the film. You have Massive Attack. Yeah. How, how did you happen to get them to uh, to work on this? You know, um, they're. They're they're very um, committed to to anti-racist work um, and uh, political activism, and we just we loved their music and we felt like it really set the right tone uh, for a couple of the scenes that we were working with. Namely, you know, we have a scene where we have nine, we play nine one one calls, a montage of nine one one calls coming in during the storm, and you know that's set against the point of view of looking out the window of Kimberly Scott's attic at the flooded street and no help is coming. Yeah. And we were looking for something that was, you know, dramatic but not 
you know, too depressing, and uh, we came up with Massive Attack and just called them up, called them up cold and said, this is who we are, this is what we're doing, uh, would you like to work with us? And they said, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, there's one 9-11 call that I remember specifically where there's a woman, she's trapped in her attic, the floodwaters are rising, and she is pretty much trapped in there. She says, I'm going to die here. Uh, Does anyone know what happened to that particular person? You know, we can only imagine. I mean, there were just so many callers, you know, begging and pleading for their lives. There were women and men with children who forced up to the attic and, and then had nowhere to go once those waters were rising. Yeah. So we we tracked down those calls. I think there were many hours of them, and you can only imagine. So yeah. you, to your, remind our listeners, how many people died as a direct result of Katrina? Do well, we, I, we? I think that the, um, you know, I, I think that the estimates are not necessarily complete. So many, you know, they're because they're still missing. Yeah. And after about you know a year, they were still finding bodies. But you know, it's it's a couple thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we, people. We were, we were told when we were in New Orleans on Sunday that that uh, somebody had that a body had been discovered in the lower nine mm-hmm. uh, just uh, you know within the last over the last month. Now, 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 this film obviously, where Kimberly and Scott live, they live in the Ninth Ward, which was the 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 most affected. Am I? Is it correct to say the most affected part of New Orleans? Well, uh, well it depends on what we're talking about. Okay. I mean, there were, look, there, part of the Lower Nine, Lower Nine bleeds into um, into a Saint Bernard Parish, which was devastated and flattened right along with it. Mm. Um, you know, this is one story. This is the story of Kimberly and Scott and their friend Brian, mm-hmm. and how Katrina impacted their lives and their neighborhood. You know, and of course, also looking at Katrina as something more than just the storm. You know, it's the storms in their lives before and after the storm, mm-hmm. uh, after Katrina came as well. Um, you know, the Lower Ninth was flattened, uh, and much of the city was flooded. Um, the French Quarter was relatively untouched. Mm-hmm. Now, now, but let's let's. I'm sorry, just you know, mm-hmm. let's also be clear that so much of New Orleans, I mean, in and the Gulf Coast you know, was suffering terribly well before the the levees, you know, flooded the city and well before Katrina. I mean, Kimberly and Scott attended the very worst school in in the state and, and, and likely one of the worst schools in the country. Um, and and so, but these guys are irrepressible, you know, and so mm-hmm. even, even given that, I mean, such wit and such, you know, um, resourcefulness and, and, and such creativity emerged. It's quite amazing. Yeah, well, once again, I mean, it's important to point out that Katrina, the tragedy did shine this light on real poverty in this country. I mean, and and, and almost put a face on it. There were there was this out this outburst of uh, of um, concern and action for a, a, for a number of months after Katrina. Uh, and a lot of it did come back to this idea of, my God, we had no idea that people lived in these conditions, putting aside the, the damage that the storm had done to that area. Sure. And, and, and said, you know, this is not the America that I know or that I assumed was, was the case for, for all of us. And uh, I want to just touch on where, where is St. Bernard Parish and the Ninth Ward today? Because you have a, a, a lot of information at the end of this film about what's going on there uh, even today? You know, those communities are still struggling. I mean, the, the Gulf Coast is still struggling. I think, um, you know, and, and then the worst part is that I think uh, folks think that it is now off the national agenda, and it, and it really needs, you know, the millions um, 
of federal dollars have not, you know, reached reached the the people, you know, who need those funds. Um, you know, we're spending three hundred fifty dollars, three hundred fifty million dollars a day on the war in Iraq. Um, when we we just came back from New Orleans, there's not a, you know, single you know federal construction project underway there. I mean, it's. I think the 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 city is still suffering the. Many people who want to come home haven't come home. The majority, you know, there's been a demographic shift in the city. Um, white residents have returned while, you know, the majority of African-American residents have not. You know, right, right. So, um, you know, but, but people are working and organizing, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, things happening on the ground, you know, in terms of individual construction projects and and, and people giving, you know, a lot you know, to the communities, and there have been a lot of people coming in from the outside, you know, coming in from all parts of the country, opening, you know, opening their homes in the first place and then and then opening their wallets and making contributions. Um, but but I think that the, the, the government has continued to fail. We're coming up on the anniversary, um, the, the, the tragic anniversary of, of Katrina. Uh, on, was it September? I want to say September 14th 1st. is the first, I think. Is that right? Go ahead. Oh, no, no. August 29th. August 29th. Did it? Yeah, so we're right around the corner. Uh, wow. And is this something? Is is it uh, poverty and and this situation, uh, uh, Katrina and New Orleans, is this going to show up on the presidential radar in terms of the election? Do you have any – Is I hope this film spurs this discussion, but do you see much uh, hope in that becoming part of the, the discussion? It has to. It mm-hmm. has to. Um and, you know, if the, if the presidential candidates aren't going to do it, it's up to us. And by us, I mean not me and Tia and Kimberly and Scott, but it's up to the rest of us to make sure that it gets on the agenda. Um, what happened uh, during Katrina with that exposed to the rest of the country is the thing that, that, um, that did the most damage to the Bush administration, of anything, more than the war. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Americans are appalled by what we learned about ourselves there, by the, what we saw how it is that we treat other people in this country. So it has to be on the agenda. Now, we're going to try and do our part. Um, we're actually screening this film at both the Democrat and the Republican National Conventions for the delegates. Oh, and, and, and the Republicans, uh, you have uh, safe harbor there? They're, they're willing to, to, to listen and watch? You know, we, we were invited, and we say yes to every invitation to show this film. You know, if it, can, if it can move a conversation, if it can change the way people think just a little bit, you know, behave a little bit differently in this world, that's a great thing. You um, in, you know, and I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. Democrats and Republicans, you know, yeah. um, there's plenty of blame to go around, well, and, there, and, there's, and there's plenty of movement, you know, to create change. Um, and both parties can tackle that. Both parties should prioritize um, poverty. Both both parties should prioritize, you know, economic justice and, and racial justice. So, right. I, I think it's uh, you know I've, I maybe uh, let my uh, prejudice get the better of me there. We shouldn't assume just because someone's Republican they don't care and they don't mat- that people don't matter and that poverty doesn't matter. Uh, in fact, I think the the candidacy of Mike Huckabee in some way reflected a uh, some a lot of concern on the part of Republican uh, rank and file that there is these economic issues do matter, and well, and uh, and so. But, and then you the, were Repu- you were invited by uh, the Republican Party itself. Um, no, no, it's okay. not the party. There's a there's an outside organization that organizes these in conjunction with each of the uh, they organize the screenings in conjunction with each of the the conventions. 
So yeah. um, it's called the Impact Film Festival, and oh, yeah, they're good. they're doing it in coordination with both parties. Right, oh, perfect. Well, and, and and as you said, and the Democrats have had a hand in, in in neglecting what's gone on. This is a sustained period of time. There should have been something. There should have been programs in place. Should have been a lot more done, especially with a democratically controlled Congress. We should have been making a lot more progress. So and no uh, one's been held accountable. Right. You know, and I think that that's really up to the, you know you it know people in this country to yeah. hold the officials accountable and if they and 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 to, and to kick them out of office, you know, if they're if it's sort of the same old, same old, and you know, it's clear that the majority of you know this country is is you know is outraged about what happened, and I think if they knew what what New Orleans and the Gulf Coast continues to suffer through, you know, they would they would also be outraged, and we think that this film, um, you know, can help people get a get a window into that. Yeah. Now, Trouble the Water opens in New York and in Los Angeles. Nathan mentioned the places in L.A. Are we rolling out uh, as as warranted from at that point uh, across the country? Absolutely, yeah, okay. we we have bookings across the country Very in the good. weeks you know to come you know in advance of the election, um, and um, and you can check our website yeah. troublethewaterfilm.com. Okay. Um, it has information about play dates. It has information about the story. You can see our trailer there. Um, and also um, learn about the organizations that are working both on the ground in the Gulf Coast and also throughout the country right. um, that deal with the issues that are raised in the film. It's a terrific site, troublethewaterfilm.com, and check that out. Uh, well, Tia Lesson and uh, Carl Deal, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.